Welcome to the Wellness Connection with Fiona Kane. This podcast aims to provide inspiration and education, begin discussions and explore various aspects and strategies around life and wellness. As an experienced nutritionist, holistic counsellor and mind-body eating coach and a woman experiencing my own life and health issues, I have my own unique experiences and approach to these topics. I'm also open to learning. Join me and we can explore these topics together. Welcome to the Wellness Connection Podcast with Fiona Kane. I'm your host, Fiona Kane, and today I will be talking to you about the importance of listening to your body. I have talked a little bit about this in previous episodes and the importance of the way we talk to children and what we teach children about listening to their body and listening to their intuition as well. I think it's an important topic, so uh, that's where I'm, that's where I'm headed with you today. So uh, firstly, I wanted to talk about, I, I was actually recently talking to a client about this topic and uh, this particular client well, had been quite disconnected from her body and I was talking to her about how that came about and why it's important to reconnect now. So I have discussed before that it is really important to be connected to your body because essentially, well, one, it is the longest relationship you're going to have in your whole life, you and your body. And a really important way that we care for our body is we're connected because if you're not connected, you don't notice important signals. So if you're not connected, you don't notice that you are full or that you are satisfied, not before full, but satisfied, so you don't stop eating, right? So when we're disconnected, like that whole like unconscious eating thing, right, you'll be sitting there eating a bag of chips and then watching television or in the car and you don't notice, right? You're not connected, you're disconnected, right? So we're eating unconsciously not consciously connected to our body. So essentially we can and do ignore important signs and signals when we're not connected to our body. Uh, so, and just noticing things like how you're feeling or symptoms you're having or, you know, are you feeling thirsty? Maybe you need some water. Or are you feeling tired? Maybe you need to rest. You know, are you feeling hungry? Maybe you need to eat. Um, have you overeaten? You know, all of those things, they're all clues. You know, your body gives you certain signs and signals and clues as to maybe something that you you can and uh, that you can uh, adjust to improve how everything's working. Because if you think about it, your body is full of a whole bunch of cells that are like a whole bunch of little factories, right? So if you think about it, your body being millions of little factories all contained in this in this body, right? Those millions of factories all require a certain level of uh, ingredients and uh, and a certain temperature or a certain amount of sleep, a certain amount of you – know, basically your body requires certain parameters to function well. And so no, unlike, no, no different to a factory where I assume – something would start not working, an alarm would go off or something would break down or something would start making a funny noise or whatever uh, and you start to notice, oh, okay, there's something wrong on this conveyor belt or there's something wrong with this door or there's something or, you know, there's something wrong with the deliveries and we're not getting the the, uh, the ingredients in, you know, so we're, we're in your body it would be nutrients in. So essentially uh, the, the factory does start to make sounds or symptoms or or hints that there's something off kilter there's something not working and um, that's why it's important to be connected because when you're connected you can kind of notice those things 
uh, you know, simple, small things. And when you notice simple, small things, you often are able to correct things really quickly. Uh, and, you know, an example for me would just be uh, like if, if um, basically, uh, you know, my bowel doesn't like it too much when I stop eating vegetables or if I'm not having enough water. So all of a sudden I start sort of, you know, not being regular and my first thing is to say, okay, what have I been doing? What have I been eating? What have I been not eating? Okay, I haven't eaten anything green for a couple of days, right? So it's just a really quick corrector for me to kind of go, all right, this isn't normal, feeling uncomfortable, feeling bloated, okay, what do I need to do? Um, Or like I said before, it's like I'm thirsty, what do I need to do? I need water. You know, or I'm hungry. Oh, I haven't eaten for hours. No, no wonder. You know, so I was having this conversation with a client, and I've had this conversation with many, many clients over the years. Uh, and this client had had a job that meant that she wasn't able to be present with her body. And I'll give you examples of what those jobs might be. It might be a surgeon or a nurse or someone just who's in an operating theater. Right? If you're in an operating theater and you're doing like a six-hour operation. It doesn't really matter if you need to go to the toilet or if you're hungry, you're thirsty, whatever. It's kind of like that's not relevant because the job needs to get done, right? Or it could be that you you could be on a, you know on a call center uh, like Lifeline or something, and you know if you're in the middle of something really big, you can't just sort of think, oh well, I need to go and do this thing for myself. You've got to be present for whatever's going on for you. That um, could be also if you're in security or if you're in police work or if you're in the army or navy or those kinds of jobs. You know. Uh, football player out on the field in the middle of a game, whatever it is, right? But there's a lot of jobs that um, unfortunately, you know, train driver, uh, a lot of jobs that make it hard for you to kind of just suddenly have different needs and to listen to your body the whole time. The jobs actually require you not to listen to your body for several hours at a time. Excuse me, I'll just have some water. I'm listening to my body. So because there are these kinds of jobs, people often just learn not to listen to their body. And look, I understand the practicality of that in your different job. So I'm not having a go at anybody for that reason. Uh, But what happens is often we do it for way longer than that. Like even when we're not in the job anymore and we don't have to do that, we keep doing it. And other reasons, which I have discussed in previous episodes, that people might not be listening to their body uh, or might not be connected to their body is if they've had any sort of trauma any kind of abuse or pain, any kind of pain or illness. They're the kinds of reasons why someone might disconnect and that those reasons can often be very good reasons at the time. And, of course, if some of those, if you've had some really painful issues there, please go and get professional help to um, help you with this because I know it's not, as, not simple for everyone depending on why you've disconnected. However, essentially getting well uh, does require reconnecting and whether or not that's something you do slowly with some help from a therapist or whether that's something that you can do a little bit quicker depending on your situation. But a lot of us just aren't connected because we just don't even have an awareness around it, right? We just don't realize we've disconnected. And so it, it is, you know, for some people it is quite simple because it's just a lack of awareness and um, and when they have the awareness that can make all the difference. So when we do start to have an awareness, interesting things will happen as well because what I've noticed is a really, really common thing. So people who have disconnected don't often don't notice they're hungry. So they go for six, seven hours and they haven't eaten and then, then suddenly they kind of 
feel sick or they whatever and they oh I'm hungry right or they don't even notice it until someone comes and says you haven't eaten here I have something to eat right and what happens with those people when they reconnect with their body they start to feel hunger and they actually perceive the hunger as a negative thing particularly if you've had a lot of dieting over your lifetime or and if you've sort of carried extra weight and ever felt bad about your body size or your body shape or whether or not you're too fat, too thin, whatever, if you've had any of those experiences in the past and had to really think about, um, you know, go on diets and all of, all of that kind of stuff, you've got a history of all of that sort of stuff, you might perceive hunger as a negative thing. It is not uncommon for people to perceive hunger as a negative thing. And, you know, and almost too, if you've had spent a lot of time on diets, you know, hunger is like, you know, alarms going off. Oh, my God, alarm going off. Hungry, hungry. I shouldn't feel hungry. I was just, you know, and, and some people actually feel like if they feel hungry, there's something wrong with them. It means that they're, you know, glutton or whatever. So there's a lot of negative connotation that we can have around even just something like hunger. So if we reconnect with our body, then we experience something like hunger. We think, oh, oh, that's terrible. That's bad. And it's not bad. It's actually a really good sign that you're healthy and that your metabolism is working well. You know, in very small number of cases, you know, it's extreme thing and it relates to you know, brain tumors and brain damage and things like that. But um, if you're hungry all the time and it can never be satiated, but that's a whole different thing. That's a I'm talking about a pathology there, whereas the everyday person, a lot of people are just uncomfortable with hunger. They perceive it as a bad thing and it's not a bad thing. It is actually a sign of a healthy metabolism. It's a sign of a healthy body. So you're alive. It's good, you know. Um, and if there are issues around craving foods or around not being able to uh, fill, fill yourself up or feel full, all those kinds of things, then that's when you do investigate other things. Uh, you know, for example, if someone's deficient in magnesium, they're more likely to be craving and they'll be craving sugar and carbohydrates, that kind of thing. And when they've got enough magnesium in their system, they don't. Or what, I, what I've talked about many times before about making sure you're eating enough protein. You have protein with every meal because protein helps you feel full. So there's little things like that as well. But essentially, feeling hungry is a normal, healthy thing. It's normal part of being alive and being healthy. And it means your metabolism's working. So it's a good thing. The other thing too is like I'll, I'll give you an example for me is that I, um, again, when I was talking about moving the bowels, when I was a child, I, I was constipated for most of my childhood. And so when I did go, it was quite dramatic because it usually meant that like I used to have to go to the children's hospital or be taking medicines. And, and so when I went, it was quite a uh, quite an event and quite a horrible event and very painful and very difficult. So I came to associate that sort of like a little tummy cramp that you might get before you move your bowel. I, I came to associate that with a bad thing. And so when I had that feeling, I thought it was bad and it was wrong and, you know, and it's taken me a while to kind of just know that, oh, actually it's normal, just a bit of a cramp, nothing major, but just a bit of a cramp that's just letting you know that, um, that you know, your body's getting ready for that uh, is actually natural and normal. But well, I didn't realize that because it, I'd never had natural and normal. So I associated with something really negative. So we have a lot of those examples that individuals might have uh, around certain feelings that they feel are unnatural or not normal or whatever. And and often they are perfectly normal, but we've just never experienced normal. So, or we have had some pain or some experience that's associated in the past that's been really stressful. And so we now have an association always with, you know, this X equals Y, which is not always true. It's just the association that we have created. 
So uh, the other thing that I notice is is families can often make it worse with their children by teaching children to disconnect as well. So the example would be uh, if uh, if a child is saying that they're not hungry and said, oh, no, you should be and you need to eat more and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, I think it's important to understand, and I don't have numbers in front of me right now, but I'm sure you could Google it. But anyway, the size of a child's stomach at different ages and so the appropriate amount of food for them to eat at different ages. And it's quite interesting how we expect them to eat as much as an adult would in like a baby or a infant or a child's stomach. Uh, so it's just understanding what's actually normal and then knowing what's a normal amount of food to give that child and, and is important. But the other thing too is um, I've seen people order enormous amounts of food for children and the child will say they're full. The child the child is actually listening to the – I saw a very specific case of this where a child was listening to the intuition and she'd already eaten a lot. And she said, oh, no, I'm full. I can't eat any more. And uh, one of the adults around her in particular um, said, um, "said, oh, no, I thought you were a big girl. And, um, and you know, as if like somehow she should know that um, that she should be eating, uh, that, that she should naturally want to eat more. So she was bypassing that child's natural intuition. Uh, I think there's a problem with my computer. I'll take a break. I'll jump back in soon. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, So I wanted to continue on. I was actually just talking about with children how we teach them not to listen to their body. So we try and encourage them to eat more than maybe they should be. They've listened to their body. They know they've had enough. And I know this can be tricky because there's all sorts of reasons sometimes children have tricky behaviors around food. So it is definitely establishing if they are really ha- have had enough or if there's something else going on. But just be very aware of not trying to overfeed uh, children when they're and allowing them to listen to their body. The other side of things is um, is when we when we tell them or the other thing is too, of course, you know, there's a child starving somewhere in the world, therefore you should eat more. And it's unfortunate that it's a terrible thing that there's a child starving in the world that's just horrific. But teaching your child uh, any not listening to their body and not listening to their intuition and not paying attention to their body signals uh, to make up for that doesn't help anyone. So it really, really is important that uh, children learn how to tune into their body and learn how to respect those signs and signals. The um, other issue too with with children when we teach them to not listen to their intuition or not listen to certain signals that they get is uh, is the issue in regards to even um, – say, um, hugging or being touched by um, another person or an adult or something like that. When we say, you know, kiss auntie so-and-so goodbye or or hug uncle so-and-so, if that child feels uh, that they don't really feel comfortable being kissed or hugged by an adult, I think it's important that we help them or to whoever it is, but we support them in that because otherwise what we're doing is we're teaching children not to listen to the intuition, which would be really, really useful for um, predators out there. So please really be aware that your child does have a certain level of intuition around some things. Now, I'm not saying purely child-led, I you know, adults need to be there and adults need to create all sorts of uh, boundaries and um, and and rules and and parameters for safe 
safer, safely bringing up a child. So I'm not telling you to not bring in, you know, your expertise, but just have a, a knowledge that children do have certain, uh, they do have some sense of some things where they're they're right, and it's important to help learn them learn how to explore that, uh, as opposed to um, to teaching them not to listen to the intuition. And it's important, sort of, e- even in other ways. So I'll give you an example. It's it's interesting. So we have, say, a child in the classroom who's you know they come back from lunch and they're jumping around and they're wanting to they're really active and they're really finding it hard to focus. And, you know, we see that as, as bad behaviour, but it's actually you know, two things. One, it's just supernatural for a child to want to move around and, and to want to expend a lot of energy. They've got, you know, think of a puppy, right? Same thing, right? Um, you know, if you have a puppy or if you, if you have sort of big dogs or whatever, you know that they need to go for lots of walks and lots of, you've got to do things, throw the ball, whatever it is, but you've got to use up all of the energy. If you don't, they're going to tear your house apart. <laughs> well, you know, children are the same. They have lots and lots of energy. Uh, and so it's just, and, you know, boys in particular are quite sort of rambunctious and, and you know, they they need to jump around and make a mess and whatever they need to do. Um, we, we sort of, what we try and do is teach them how to sit down and be quiet and all of that kind of stuff. And I know that, uh, to a certain degree, we need to do that in our society because we do need to learn how to have a job and all of those things. However, I think we need to maybe figure out sort of a way to manage that energy in a healthy way rather than just saying it's wrong and it's bad. And um, and then sometimes they're act, maybe acting that way because they ate a lot of sugar at lunchtime and they need to, need to burn that off too because children naturally know sometimes in their system they have a lot of something in their system and one of the reasons that they spin around and go a bit crazy if they've had a lot of sugar is exactly that their body knows that they have to burn through it um the other thing is just from emotions too that uh adults learn to kind of just push our emotions down but children uh kind of express them and they express them quite loudly and proudly and and obviously um or they'll be running around and doing things to sort of move those emotions through their body but um but you know obviously children have to learn over time how to respond to certain situations and how to manage their emotions you can't have the you know you can't be an adult and be kind of you know laying on the ground in the supermarket (laughs) stamping your feet or whatever doesn't work that way however we kind of i think that there's a lot of these things that children naturally have where they are in touch with their emotions, they are in touch with their feelings, they are in touch with their body. And we, rather than kind of help them learn a way to have still have that but respond in more of a grown-up way as they get older, we often just turn it off in them. <laughs> it's like, you know, sit down and be quiet, don't have feelings, don't, don't have needs, you know. And so there's kind of got to be a balance somewhere. Yes, we want children to learn to um, grow up and uh, be functional in society, but we all, and you know, you can't be falling apart every five seconds because of your emotions. But at the same time, it is good to have some connection with them and understand how to work them through, whether it's be talking to someone or whether it be you need to go out for a walk or whatever it is. So, um, anyway, children do have a lot of intuition about a lot of things. And I think with the help of sensible adults in their life, they can be taught how to manage those things and how to learn how to adapt those things into a more adult way of doing them. But uh, but what we do is we just tend to stamp it out. So, you know, don't listen to your body, overeat, 
who cares, you know, someone's starving somewhere, so therefore you should eat more than you're comfortable with. Stop listening to your body signs, you know, um, and, and your body's telling you to run around and expend that energy, but no, sit down and be quiet. And if you're not, they're a bad boy or a bad girl, you know. So uh, I think that there's – in our society, we need to learn a lot about – listening to our body and listening to our intuition and there's got to be a balance between the child childish way of doing it and the adult way of doing it so the childish way is too um, instant and loud and and disruptive and the adult ways it can be too pushing it down pretend we don't have it disconnecting maybe there's some middle ground somewhere where we can learn how to grow up without completely disconnecting and um but and we can learn a lot from the way that children and animals as well are just very present. Um, there's a lot to be said for um, being present as well, the way that children and animals are. So anyway, I just wanted to um, just have that sort of reminder discussion about it is important to learn how to listen to your body signs and signals. Your body does sort of whisper and tell you when things are going wrong and gets a bit louder, gets a bit louder. And um, rather than just ignoring things, and of course, it's, um, you know, that's also why we have you know your regular checkups and that sort of thing. If you have a funny thing come up on your skin, don't make assumptions about it. It's best to talk to your doctor about it. Go to or go to you know I go to the skin clinic once a year, sometimes more often if they're keeping an eye on something. But just to look at my Irish skin and tell me what's going on. So you know. Sign symptoms, they are important and when we learn how to understand them, we learn how which ones are normal, which ones are not because honestly, so many of us haven't been taught what's normal, what's not normal. We've got these weird associations with certain feelings or certain experiences because we think there's something wrong uh, and uh, and quite often what's ha- happening is perfectly normal. We just don't know that because nobody ever told us. Or on the other hand, something that's really not normal and is quite alarming, we think is normal because it's all we've ever experienced, right? So that's why we need to have more of these discussions and we need to learn about inhabiting our bodies. What We've got this body, like I said, longest relationship you're going to have in your life, yet we don't really get lessons on how to inhabit that body, how to understand it, how to understand the signs and symptoms and um, and how to learn how to have a respect with your body, make friends with it. Not necessarily going to tell you to love yourself or you love your body or not. I don't know that that's. I mean, it's it's useful to. It's useful. However, what we just need to do is just have a healthy respect for our our body, and um, if we have that, it, it, you look after something that you respect or that you love. So it's just having that that high regard for yourself that you might have for somebody else. You know, so it is important to have that, and it makes all the difference in uh, in um, managing your health, managing your mental health, and um, and managing your feelings and, and and learning how to respond to situations. Because if you base Basically, don't disconnect it to your body. You're not going to know the, all the signals of whether you're hungry, you're not hungry, all that kind of stuff, and you're going to get that wrong. Uh, and at the same time, if you're pushing down all your feelings, not having feelings, that sort of thing, well, then you are more likely to kind of react in a poor way because you're sort of not managing your feelings. And then when something happens, you kind of just burst out and yell at somebody or snap at somebody or just act and maybe have a completely um, inappropriate response to something. So just learning how to inhabit your body, inhabit your emotions, learning how to live with them, manage them, understand them 
and um, and being connected, it can be quite challenging, but it's, it, it can also be very rewarding. And you're more likely to pick up on if you're having health issues, or pick up on if you know just like I'll notice if I start getting snappy at people, or I'll notice if I start getting certain signs and symptoms, or you know, it's just you notice when things are off. If you notice when things are off with yourself fairly quickly, you are able to get on it and sort it out or do something about it. Whereas if you don't notice when things are off with you, whether it's emotionally or physically, um, you're more likely to end up with more physical problems or more uh, problems that are more advanced and harder to fix or, you know, relationships that are breakdowns and things like that because we're kind of, when we stay disconnected, uh, we don't notice stuff. So essentially the more connected you are with your emotions, with your physical and mental health, uh, the more that you can um, can just have an awareness. It's like an alarm system to notice when things are off, things need to be adjusted. Um, I'm not telling you that the whole world revolves around your feelings because I hate to tell you this, it doesn't. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast in itself. Uh, but it is important that we are aware of them, though, aware of what we're feeling physically, emotionally, all of that kind of stuff. And like I said, it's just your body's kind of alarm system for letting you know when things are a bit off, things need to be adjusted. And that can help you with your relationships, maybe with your relationships with or your dealing with people at work and or any health issues, um, understanding what you do and don't need or what's going on for you. And it also then can help you with things like boundaries and relationships and things like that. Because when you've got a healthy relationship with your body, you understand what's healthy and what's not and what you need and what you don't, um, then you're much able, more able to communicate that with others and or put up the appropriate boundaries. Anyway, I will leave it there. Sorry for the weird interruption partway through, but um, just sort of learning the different systems and how, you know, managing my uh, <laughs> drive space and all of that, uh, the joys of uh, learning how to uh, podcast. Anyway, I really appreciate that you you watch on YouTube or Rumble or you're listening to this and um, I'd really love to hear your feedback and any suggestions of anything that you would like me, topics you would like me to explore or different kinds of um, people that I might be able to get on to explore those topics with me. And, um, and please like, subscribe, share all of those things that is really, really important for all the algorithms and all the different places that uh, that for me to get traction, I need people to uh, interact with me online. So, so please do so, um, so that, um, and also, you know, if you get value out of this, please do share it because I'd love other people to get value out of it as well. Anyway, thanks for that. I hope you have a great day and see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, subscribe and share to help me reach more people. Go to the link in show notes for more information about my services. And until next time, please keep showing up for yourself.